Hi friend, if you love the information you hear in the podcast, then you will love the free mini series of videos that I've put together just for you. It's all about the biblical blueprint for health and teaches you exact principles I've taught to thousands of Christian women that result in weight loss, better sleep, increased energy, clearer skin, and sharper brains. You can go to thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries to grab this free set of short, powerful teachings that will show you how to create better health God's way. It's at thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries. Go check it out now. Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? We are going to talk about an interesting concept that I learned from Brooke Castillo at the Life Coach School when I was in her self-coaching scholars membership group. The year that I was in that group taught me so much. I have taken away so many concepts that I learned from that experience that I applied to my life and to my work. That is how I created Self-Coaching Christians that we do together every year in the Christian Health Club. It's where I learned the model. It's where I get podcast inspiration like the 50-50 and scale drama and time management and just all kinds of ways of thinking about things that have impacted me greatly and hopefully impact you as I reframe their context for purposes of bettering our health. And that's what I hope to do today. I'm taking a concept that Brooke taught in the context of business because a lot of people follow her because she's such a brilliant, successful businesswoman. I know that she's a complete inspiration to me because she helps so many people. Her reach is very wide and she really doesn't do social media. I'm like, I love that. Please teach me your ways. (laughs) She doesn't like jack around with reels and TikTok and all that jazz. And I mean, I don't want to do that, y'all. I like connecting with people on social media, but I don't want to have to feel like I have to learn a new thing and stand on my head and do videos and all that stuff in order to be able to reach people. Y'all, I am so incredibly self-conscious when it comes to doing videos and even sharing photos of myself. I much, much prefer to be behind the microphone right here where you can't see me. I remember, this will go along well with what we're talking about today. I remember the first thing that I felt like God was moving me to do as the Christian nutritionist was the sermon on the couch. So that's really the first kind of thing I did, which is my weekly video that links scripture with health information. And it's about and a couple minutes long. And I've been doing that for almost, I don't know, seven or eight years now. It's crazy. But I clearly remember thinking at the time, and I still think this actually, <laughs> but who makes a video of themselves and thinks other people actually want to watch it? And it's funny because, you know, in this current climate of social media where everybody does it all the time, 
Um, it's, you know, kind of normal, but it wasn't as much like that back then. Um, you know, like I still feel that way, but even more so back then, I'm like, who do I think I am with the audacity, the cojones to post videos of myself on social media? Like, who wants to watch this? I was so embarrassed. I can't even tell you, but it was what I felt like God was calling me to do. And it kind of made sense because the couch is really where it all started. It's where I sit every morning, read my Bible, drink my coffee. It's where I feel like God drops all the ideas in my head. And I just knew I was supposed to do it just like that, you know, on the couch in my robe with my coffee. And um, this just goes to show how well God knows me because he knew that if I had to get dressed and worry about how I looked every single week to record videos, I'd never do it. It would become so much more about like that, like me trying to worry over that than the actual message that I was supposed to be sharing. So I'm grateful that he just kind of took that off the table and put it on my heart to, you know, just, just show up like you do for me in your robe with your coffee on the couch. So that's what I did. And that's what I've been doing all these years. But if you've followed along all this time, you probably noticed that every week I have preempted my sermon on the couch with no makeup, coffee in hand. It's your weekly sermon on the couch. And I did that because uh, I was so insecure. I felt like I needed a disclaimer. <laughs> like I needed you to know why I wasn't trying to look better. Like, hey, this isn't my A game. I don't have any makeup on. I can't look better. I just don't right now. Like I felt like I had to explain myself. <laughs> and that vanity disclaimer was my crutch. You know, my way to explain the audacity of showing up in my robe with no makeup on. I was so worried about what people would think. Now you, the person watching the sermon on the couch, probably never thought twice about it. Except for the fact that I pointed it out. Which is what insecure people do, right? We draw attention to the thing that we're trying to hide. But y'all, I think I'm growing because <laughs> I don't say that anymore. You, you might have noticed. Now I just say coffee and God's word, because I don't feel like I need that disclaimer crutch anymore to tell people that I'm not wearing makeup. So see, I'm growing. Although I do want to be transparent here and just let you know that I, I am wearing my beauty counter do skin, which is just my tinted sunscreen. Uh, Cause I always have that on. So I don't know. I don't really feel like that's makeup, but I guess it's a helper. Anyway, all of this sounds really ridiculous now that I'm saying it all out loud. <laughs> It's kind of embarrassing, but it's really is a perfect example of what we're talking about today because I had to be okay with putting my imperfect self out into the world for the greater good of showing up into my calling, into this work that God has called me to do. And that is the concept that Brooke teaches. You know, we're not going to be an A plus in everything, in every way, every day of our lives. And if we wait till we try to get it perfect or what we think is perfect, we're going to miss out on so much progress that it could have been happening as a B minus, which is still perfectly good, acceptable and effective. This has been such a helpful mind shift for me as a person who often feels unqualified, unworthy and insecure about this work that I feel God has called me to do. When I felt God put this calling on my heart, I was like, you've got the wrong gal, Lord. There are way, way more knowledgeable people in the areas of health and the Bible and business, like to pull all this together. And 
there, you know, are a lot more women who conduct themselves much more righteously than I do. Like, I'm not your best shot here, okay? But you've probably heard that saying that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And that's great until he calls you. And you're like, what, me? Are you serious? What in the world? And you're like, okay, well, where's the equipment? Where's all the equipment? (laughs) Give it to me. I need it. But guess what I've learned? He is the equipment. This work that I do as the Christian nutritionist, you know, the podcast, Feast of Fast, sermons on the couch, social media posts, blog posts, all of it is about my relationship with him. The fact that it helps people is the fruit. But my relationship with him is the root. He 100% knew when he called me to this that if I accepted, because I did have the choice, right? And maybe he tried someone else first and they didn't accept, but I did. But for me to accept would require a lot of leaning deeper into relationship with him because otherwise I could not do this. And of course, that was his plan. Because if I, you know, showed up already thinking I was an A plus at this, I wouldn't depend on him the way that I do. That is not to say that it hasn't been painful. Painful. Every step of the way to put myself out there, whether it's a sermon on the couch or a photo on social media or starting this podcast. I mean, after every single podcast I record, I'm like, oh, that was horrible. I forgot to talk about this or I shouldn't have said that. I certainly shouldn't have saying, or I talked too fast, or that part didn't make sense. And I want to like scrap it. I want to delete it and record it over. Oh, and for a long time I did. Um, and also, you know, for so, or several years, I couldn't bear to post photos of myself. I made Carly do it. <laughs> I'm like, here, here's my login info. You do it. I just, I can't. It's too cringy. I can't take it. I mean, I've driven the people on my team kind of cuckoo because I'm always picking at things and tweaking and changing and trying to perfect it, which causes them to have to rework stuff too. So all of this insecurity costs me time, costs me money, costs me efficiency. But, you know, it comes from a place of insecurity, not feeling good enough, smart enough, worthy enough, worrying what other people think, that they'll judge me for what I'm saying or writing or the way that I look. It has been an ongoing learning and growing process, and it's scary to put yourself out there, you know, to put out information and thoughts and ideas into the world when you are a constant work in progress. And what most of us do instead of giving ourselves grace because we are a work in progress and we're not perfect, and our efforts or our work may be a B minus or even less on some days, is to either give up or not show up. You know, if I couldn't get over the fact that all of these things that I'm doing and putting out into the world aren't perfect and could be better, because they could, you know, but if I constantly spent time in analysis paralysis, or if I let perfection impede my progress, if I waited till all the things were perfect all the time, I'd never get anything done. I would never share anything. And that means I wouldn't have helped the thousands of people that I've helped over these last 10 years. And that would be a cry and shame. I mean, as painful and uncomfortable as it has been, even I can recognize how sad it would be if I would have let perfection prevent me from helping so many people regain their health and finally lose weight and get over the mind drama about food. And y'all, I've done it, most of it with B-minus work. And that's probably being generous. 
because there have a lot of been a lot of C and D and F days. But the point is, most of it has been accomplished with less than perfect work. And that's the point that Brooke teaches about business because there are so many wonderful, talented women who have so much to offer, maybe in their profession or their calling, whatever it may be. And they let perfectionism be the death of their progress. They think that if they're not an A plus, you know, at it, that they're not worthy of it. They let perfectionism, always trying to be the A, prevent them from putting their work or service into the world. They're so paralyzed by what other people think or lack of confidence or an overall sense of unworthiness or insecurity that they either don't try or try and then are so self-critical that they quit. And then they never live into that calling or that higher version of themselves or fully what God has created them to be. And this, my friends, is the point. It's where I'm taking us today because this same concept applies to the way we approach our health and dietary goals. There are a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people who are very on or off, black or white, A or F, when it comes to how they approach their diet or health goals. You know, like if I'm not an A at this, then I'm obviously an F, so forget it. If they're not perfectly following, you know, the quote unquote plan, they feel like a failure. They feel like they got a big fat F on their report card. But I would ask you, who's grading the report card? You are. And you need to ease up on yourself, sister. It, this totally reminds me of my daughter because she is so hard on herself. And I will never forget the day she came home from school. She sat at the kitchen counter to do her homework, which was practicing how to draw the number eight. I mean, she was little and she was having a total meltdown because she could not nail these eights. She was crying and being very dramatic, you know, like, I'm never going to be able to draw my eights. I was like, honey, you're doing a great job. It just takes practice and you're learning. That's what learning is. You don't do it perfectly. You know, you make mistakes, but you keep working at it and you'll get it. But she was acting like she was never going to be able to draw an eight in her whole life. And then, of course, she finally got it. And then she was fine till the next thing she couldn't do. But now this is our little joke. You know, when she starts kind of getting upset and frustrated and with things, something she can't do, I say, remember your eights. And she knows exactly what I mean. It means keep going. It takes practice and learning. And you're doing a good job. And you're being too hard on yourself. I mean, she is such a little perfectionist. She gets upset when she gets a B. My boys, on the other hand, are like, I passed. I'm good. I'm like, really? How did all you people come from my same loins? That's what I want to know. I don't get it. We need a happy medium up in here where one isn't so hard on herself and then the other two could, you know, shoot a little higher. I mean, but when it comes to our kids, we do have high expectation for their grades, right? I mean, we want them to make A's, but if they come home with a B or C or even a D, we're not going to be like, well, forget it. I mean, you might as well stop stop trying and get an F. And not only that, but you ought to make that the F of all Fs. Like, let's see how low you can get. Of course, we don't do that. It's ridiculous. And yet, it's what we do with our health goals. 
You know, we'll be like, oh, I wasn't an A today. I didn't do it perfectly. So forget it. Where's the ice cream and the chips and the vodka? You know, how low can I take it here? Instead of saying, well, I didn't plan on eating that muffin. But aside from that, I made pretty healthy choices today. You know, we'll take our B minus straight to the toilet and flush all of our efforts and previous good work down the tubes because we didn't do it perfectly. I think this is one of the hardest things that we have to learn is grace for being imperfect without allowing ourselves to pity party into deeper failure. Because do you know how much you could accomplish, how much weight you could lose, how much health you could gain with B minus work? A lot, my friend. You can accomplish much more in your consistent imperfection than in your black and white on and off, you know, A or F yo-yo dieting. This reminds me of one of the scriptures that we use um, in Feast of Fast, which is about Lot's wife. When God was destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, he allowed Lot and his family to escape, you know, and they were supposed to hurry and just get out of there, just go. But as they were running... Lot's wife turned and looked back. And that was not what she was supposed to do. (laughs) She wasn't supposed to turn and look back. And so she instantly became a pillar of salt, frozen in that position and never able to move forward. And that's what a lot of us do. We look back. We become frozen in our quote-unquote failure. We look back at that imperfect choice we made and we can't get past it. We can't move forward. So don't be like Lot's wife. You know, don't look back. You are not going that way. If you want to move toward freedom and safety, you have to look forward. You have to look at the way that you're going, not stay frozen in where you have been. There's another good verse that goes along with this um, that you can find in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, when Jesus says, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So he's using this analogy of plowing a field, which would have been familiar to his audience back then, you know, who were um, familiar with plowing and knew that in order for a plowman to do his work well, he's got to look straight ahead of him at the line that he's making. To look back would mean that what you're working on before you would get messed up. And that's exactly what we do. We look back at our choices, at our past, at our quote unquote failures. And while we do that... The line in front of us is getting all crooked. You know, we have to look forward to the decisions before us, not the ones behind us. Here's something that I like to remind people. This is really important to think about. Eating is something that you're going to do every day for the rest of your life. And you are not going to do that perfectly every single day. You're just not You're going to have to be okay with a B minus or even less on some days and not beat yourself up about it. You're not a failure for eating imperfectly. You only fail if you give that more power than your God-given ability to move forward. Or if you're just thinking more about food and your diet and your weight and your health more than you're thinking about God at all. We spend so much time in our heads about all this stuff, this food stuff and diet stuff and health stuff trying to be the perfectionist and get it all right, you know, which is why we have to work on our heads. (laughs) We have to work on our minds, our mind management. It's so such an important piece of this, you know, it's a part of the, the mind part of spirit, mind, body, 
we got to work on our mind and we want God to have the most real estate of our mind, not food and weight and health related stuff. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is what life is about, right? We're, we don't want to spend all of our time thinking about all of this health and diet stuff all the time. I think this is one reason that Feast of Fast works so well for many of us because we do put God first and we accommodate the imperfection. In fact, we plan for it. We work it in. Because if there's anything I'm good at, it's not being perfect. And that applies to my eating, my parenting, my businessing, my everything. Do I want to be an A in all of those areas? Of course I do. Am I going to be an A every single day of my life? No, absolutely not. And it's hard to learn grace for yourself in any of these areas, but particularly when it comes down to something so personal like your body. You know, I think that's why if we can refocus on the true purpose of the body, which is to be an excellent vessel for the Holy Spirit and to do God's work in the world as our first priority, you know, and, and learn to give ourselves some grace, the same that we would give our kids, our friends, the people in our life to whom we would never berate for having an imperfect day. You know, we're the cheerleaders for the people we love, pointing out the positive and focusing on what they did well. And we need to do more of that for ourselves. With the new year coming up, I know that we're all, you know, of the mind to start afresh, start anew, try new plans, make big goals. And I want to tell you that no matter how you go about it or what you decide to do, I mean, I really hope you'll do Feast Fast with us. But no matter what route you decide to take, I hope it's something that you can do long term. You know, I hope you have the long game in mind and not a short-term shiny diet fix that's, you know, totally unrealistic and unsustainable. And as you work on your long game, to know that there will absolutely be imperfect days. They're not all going to be A pluses, okay? That's what I tell people when they start Feast to Fast, you know. Know that you don't have to be perfect right out of the gate or even every single day of the rest of your life. I mean, there are several moving parts, you know, in Feast of Fast, we have food and fasting and feast days and uh, movement, although exercise is not, you know, mandatory to get results in Feast of Fast. Some people don't, you know, add that till later. Um, but we always want to encourage movement of the body. Um, but anyway, I tell people it can take you a while to put all these components together so that they're working in sync. Do not feel like you have to have it 100% from the get go. You know, Feast of Fast is literally set up like a course that you would go through week by week with guides and videos that teach you along the way. And so even though we learn everything in a month's time, Feast of Fast is a long game lifestyle. So you're, it's essentially like you're coming in as a student and just like my sweet baby girl sitting at the kitchen counter trying to draw her eights, it can take some practice and a little while to pull it all together. Doesn't mean you quit because you weren't perfect on your first day, your eighth day, your 14th day, your 30th day, or even your 180th day, right? You can get a lot of good work done with imperfect action, whether that job pertains to your health, your parenting, your business, or saying yes to a calling from God. It is better to show up consistently as a B minus than to show up sporadically as an A or quit because you don't think you're an A or never show up at all. Some days will be A's, some days will not. 
you know, that's just life. And that's just part of living the long game. As you move into your new year goals, I encourage you to keep this concept in mind. And I hope that it helps keep moving you forward in imperfection. I also hope that you'll lean into the Lord and all that he's calling you to be. And to remember that we use these bodies to do the work he calls us to do in the world, which is our highest calling. My calling is to help keep you healthy and feeling well in your body so that you're more prone to serve, you know, serve well and do that work he's calling you to do. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, the the work, the calling that you're doing or your dietary approach doesn't have to be perfect for you to do some awesome work in this world. So if, uh, if you do want a long game plan that puts the Lord first, I hope you'll join us for Feast of Fast. We're starting the first Monday of January. You can sign up right now. It's open. And you can get immediate access to everything. So you can prepare and plan and even start early if you want to. Um, you can go to feastoffast.co to get signed up and join me and all of the other awesome Christian women in that group. But I hope that your big takeaway here is that you will not let perfection impede your progress. You can get so much accomplished with B minus work. Okay, my friends, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week. And I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.